Introducing Keeg's Cast, the podcast with discussions of biblical theology that seek to offer God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. I'm your host, Keegan Richardson, and today's episode is The Invincibility Complex. So there are people in this world that are smart, there are people that are brilliant, and then there are those who are both and would probably win the presidential election if they ran. My guest today is one of those people, Miss Gracie Hodges. Gracie, how's it going? It's going great, Keegan. Okay, so you're a psychology major, so you're pretty familiar with this idea of the invincibility complex. Mm-hmm. So my layman's definition of the invincibility complex is a subconscious egocentric thought process that you are the immortal hero of your life story. I think that's spot on. Spot on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I think we all have this kind of deep inside of us, but something I kind of realized when I was putting all of this together was, I think, do you think men could have it more than women do, or do you think it's kind of equal? I mean, I think that it's probably more likely to be present in just people with the narcissistic mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, statistically, I'm pretty sure that's a lot more common in men. Uh, women are a lot more relational, so they're more likely to rely on others. Uh, men are more likely to rely on themselves. Uh, so it could it's possible that it could be more likely in men, but just when you think about its root in pride and arrogance, the bottom line is we all have that yeah. within ourselves. I absolutely agree, and I, don't, I think a lot of us, it... It affects everyone on so many different levels. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right with the whole pride and arrogance thing because that's at its core what it is. It's just this pride that we all have inside of us. And like a lot of scholars and theologians, stuff like that, they refer to pride as like a root sin. Like it's a sin that makes all of our other sins branch out from it. And it's this idea of the invincibility of a person, of a human being, is celebrated in our culture from movies to TV to books, this kind of lone wolf idea that we like the guy or the woman or whoever it is that can defeat all the bad guys on their own. Or they, you know, they're just kind of a rebel without a cause or whatever that's on their own, Mm -hmm. independent, doesn't need anybody else. And it's celebrated in our culture. And... It's just unbiblical, obviously, but it's just not healthy for a human being to think that way and to subconsciously think that way, and it has to be corrected. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of Christians struggle with this more than they realize, um, especially since it's so prevalent in our culture today, this idea that you can rely on yourself for things and that um, you are, you know, the controller of your own destiny and your own fate and I think we buy into that more than we realize and you're right it is 100% unbiblical and um, it actually reminds me of a verse in Galatians and Galatians 6 3 when Paul says for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing he deceives himself and you know it brings us back to just the root in pride and arrogance it's deception because it's deceptively thinking that you have this sense of control and, you know, I think that's another root of this is the the need for control that we have as human beings. Right. Um, and like a big, the big part of it, that verse is the 
deception. Like mm-hmm. it's, we would never say we have this complex within us. No. And that's what I was thinking about when I was kind of just thinking about what this episode is going to be about is it's all subconscious. You know, mm-hmm. if someone asked us about it, of course we would say, no, I don't think I'm invincible or I don't think I can do everything on my own. But subconsciously, we live in a drastic different way than what we say we do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it is something that people don't really recognize until they see how it affects their day-to-day life. Right. Um, And it's something that if you draw someone's attention to it, they would almost laugh at it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I heard a speaker one time say that, to say that you were struggling with control is almost like you're saying, I'm, I struggle with x-ray vision. Like, it's ridiculous because you have no control. No. You have no x-ray vision. Right. It's it's almost, if you really think about it, it would just make you laugh because yeah. it's so ridiculous to think that you would have that. Mm. But it really is innate in us that we want to have control over things and we want to feel like um, our hand is on the throttle, basically. Right. Um, and I read an illustration of this by um, Max Lucado in his book, Anxious for Nothing. He talks about the difference between fighter pilots and on and ground soldiers. Um, and in terms of anxiety, fighter pilots actually have less anxiety than ground soldiers because their hand is on the throttle, even though they actually have a lower death rate. They have a lower risk of, of being killed um, in battle if you're on the ground but they have a higher level of anxiety mm-hmm. because they feel like they're completely out of control going out into battle. Right. And fighter pilots, even though they have that higher risk of being killed, at least feel, even though it's completely subjective, they at least feel like they have a little bit more control. Right. And, you know, those you know those fighter pilots know their, their mortality rate, their death their chances of death in battle are higher than the ground soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know, they, like you know, they understand that. But at the same time, once they're over the battle, mm-hmm. then you know they have the hand on the throttle. They're not. They're in the battle, but they're not in the battle the same way the ground soldiers are. Mm-hmm. So this subconscious thing of I feel safer up here, even though statistically I'm way more unsafe mm-hmm. than the ground soldiers are. Yeah. And I think it's kind of ironic that the soldier who's above the battle in the fi- in the fighter jet mm-hmm. has less anxiety than the ground soldier because it's kind of like a kind of like a god complex like I'm over this. I oh, can yeah. see what's happening on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's like a sense of okay, this is where I am. This is where the soldiers are. Mm-hmm. I'm out of harm's way, but they know deep inside of themselves that they're not out of harm's way, but they feel like they feel invincible almost because they have control of at least the jet. Yeah. And they're most of the time, I mean, completely by themselves, if not with maybe one right. more person. And it's much quieter. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not as much going on around them. Yeah. And they have a much better awareness of their surroundings because right. they're so confined to such a small space. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you and I are saying this knowing nothing about yeah, being you know, a fighter without, pilot. Yeah, you know, my experience. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But I think it's kind of, when you really think about what's going on, it can definitely feel like a like a God thing. Like, I'm up here. Everyone else is down here on the ground. So, mm-hmm. 
Therefore, yeah. I feel in control. And I think a lot of people, they would never say this, but we all feel this constant want to be in such control that we are our own God. Mm-hmm. Or we make gods that we know we can control. Oh, absolutely. So it's kind of this, it's forgetting the, it's forgetting the creator creation distinction that God is God and we are different than him. Ultimately, we're being guided by God's sovereignty, by God's providence. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, and isn't it's in Colossians when um, Paul writes, you know, God is before Jesus is before all things and in, in him all things hold together right the and it's preeminence a, of Christ mm-hmm. right it's such a great reminder because you know we kind of start to live by this mindset so often of I hold all things together mm-hmm. myself and it's exhausting first of all and second of all it's just completely false right no matter how much we think it's true mm-hmm. and you know if this thought isn't corrected our lives are just so much more difficult and I think it makes our piety and the way we think about God way more difficult and way more distorted. Yeah. So, but I mean, this this invincibility complex, it doesn't, it affects everything. And there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of spiritual applications to this, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of practical ways um it affects us and practical dangers it presents in itself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like some of those that I was just thinking of as we were taking notes were, you know, like people's diet. I mean, it's really simple and I mean, kind of controversial if you were to bring this up to <laughs> yeah, whatever, because people take <laughs> such offense to this, but mm-hmm. like we don't, we think we're never going to die. And so we think, okay, let's eat anything we want or drink anything we want, Mm -hmm. not thinking about what it's actually doing to our bodies. And we're all guilty of it. And I'm not saying that, you know, sweets are bad or whatever. Yeah. But I'm just saying we don't think enough about how we handle our bodies, even though we think we're in complete control of them. Mm -hmm. And we, we constantly don't think which causes us to die sooner even though we think we're never going to die in the first place yeah well it's such a it's just a far off thing it's oh well you know i'll deal with that when i'm you know obese and 65 like well and like even you know some people like it just it doesn't affect them in the way where they gain weight but like it's not good for their body yeah Mm -hmm. just not taking care of right and i mean that's just a really simple thing but at the core of it is this sense of pride and Mm -hmm ignorance and arrogance that this doesn't harm me Mm -hmm. and you know we just don't think enough about the little things that we do and the good things that god has given us like food and you know the special things we consider like sweets or whatever like we take those for granted and we misproportionize those things to where it's sinful and like even to the point of gluttony but Another thing is like um, texting and driving or how we Mm -hmm. drive or we just, we think nothing, we, you know, we've all heard heard the horror stories of how, you know, people die all the time from texting and driving Mm -hmm. or kill others from texting and driving. Yeah. And we constantly think 
not me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could I'm never happen exception. to me. I'm the exception. Right. I'm so much better at keeping one hand on the wheel and one hand right. on my phone. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, like, even with, like, if I'm with, you know, my guy friends or whatever, and mm-hmm. we're just hanging out, you know, there's been multiple times where we've almost gotten in a terrible car accident. Yeah. And, you know, five seconds after, we're like, oh my gosh, we could have died. Yeah. And then two minutes later, we're laughing and joking about the situation. Mm-hmm. And then it's just gone. It's right. Just it's just thought. gone. You know, mm-hmm. let's go drive around some more or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's, see, this is the situation where I would say this is much more prevalent in boys than it is in girls. Um, For example, my younger brother recently um, had a run-in where he jumped on the side of someone's car, which apparently I've learned he has done on multiple occasions before this, but on New Year's Eve, jumped on the side of somebody's car, and they didn't know he was there, and they drove off, and he fell, and it was a horrible, horrible accident. He ended up having to have brain surgery, and it was extremely traumatic for him, and praise God, he's doing extremely well right now after about two months of recovery, three months, but um, it was that mindset of, Oh, all the horror stories I've heard of messing around on on moving vehicles that that can't happen to me. Oh, well, I'm going to be fine. And so he just it's it's almost just the n- neglecting to think at all mm-hmm. of the consequences that can right. happen from that invincibility mindset of I'm the main character in my own story and I am immortal, so, you know, I can't die. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, every good movie nowadays no matter how bad the main character gets hurt or how close the hero comes to death, mm-hmm. everyone in the audience knows it's fine because there's no way they can kill this character. Oh, yeah. It's about him. <laughs> yeah. And we all think that way. Mm-hmm. There's no way this could ever affect me. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of see that now today, especially in the wild stuff that's going on with this pandemic. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's really interesting to see, as to talk about a concept like this at specifically at this time in history is really fascinating because I think you see both ends of the spectrum. Because, um, you know, we have, um, today is what, the 24th? Um, and it, so it was a little over a week and a half ago, we got the announcement that we're in this national state of emergency and, you know, people really need to be taking care of themselves and and practicing social distancing um, to prevent the spread of this coronavirus. But you see younger people with this invincibility complex who think, oh, well, you know, it's not going to happen to me. Or even if it does, right. I'm healthy and I'm young, so odds are I'm going to work through it yeah i'm gonna beat this and i'm gonna beat this so yeah and and they haven't been taking extreme measures so you see you know a lot of this spread in places like florida and california because that's where everybody went for spring break that's where Mm -hmm. all of these college kids um who think that they're invincible right went and partied and went to the beaches and and um it's extremely dangerous and that's why it's being spread at such um drastic levels now but then you also see on the opposite end of the spectrum in older people and um, this this panic the state yeah. of panic because they have this same invincibility complex just in a more evolved state um and this need to preserve themselves right. and um now you know if you go into a grocery store 
the shelves are just empty. Yeah. Um, I just went to United today. They have an officer posted at the front entrance. I don't know what he thinks he's going to be preventing there. Right. But, you know, it's just, it's been such mass chaos because now people, that feeling of losing control mm-hmm. and needing to regain any bit of control that you can, whether that's by buying 36 rolls of toilet paper that you don't need or, you know, just completely clearing the shelf of all craft mac and cheese. Like, right. It's just anything you can do to try to feel like you are more in control right now. Right. And you see that just all across the board. And it's it's kind of comical in a sense because, <laughs> like, we it's funny to know where, like, our priorities are. Because, like, <laughs> as soon as national emergency yeah. hit, everyone's first thought was toilet paper. Uh-huh. It's kind of funny. But anyways, like... It's hard not to just blow it off mm-hmm. and just think, oh, it's just a big thing, you know? Yeah. You know, people think it's a political thing to prevent people from voting or they think it's just being blown way out of proportion. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, people are dying. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. this is a real thing. Yeah. Well, and there's got to be some sort of middle ground. Right. Right? Like, there can't... It's it's not nothing. Right. But it's not the end of the world. hmm And... I think I think we very evidently see how in young people especially but everyone this invincibility complex is thriving right now mm-hmm. through arrogance and the pride of even if I do get this virus I'm mm-hmm. going to be okay because I'm me. Yeah. I'm the center point of my story. Mhm. And it's just such a terrible thing. But moving, so we kind of talked about kind of the practical dangers of this Mm -hmm. complex. But, you know, the biggest danger and the biggest danger affects everything else is this complex suffocates our relationship with Christ Mm -hmm. at its very core because... When we think we don't need anyone, then we don't need a savior either. And at its core, that's the main thing that we think we don't need. You know, the independency thing, the lone wolf ideas, I don't need family, I don't need friends, I don't need, you know, people checking in on me. But even at a deeper level, a spiritual level of I am complete in myself. I'm sufficient from my being which Mm -hmm. is another kind of a God complex thing. We want to think we're like God who is all sufficient from himself, Mm -hmm. not depending on anything. But going back to this suffocating your relationship with Christ is if you think you don't need a savior, then you don't need the savior's gospel. You don't Mm -hmm. need the good news. You don't need conviction. You don't need repentance. You don't need, um, worship you don't need communion with the saints Mm -hmm. it affects everything else at its very core and ultimately it's just pride yeah and there's a verse that relates really well to this it's psalm 10 4 and it says in his pride the wicked does not seek him in all his thoughts there is no room for god um and it's a lot like you said that um you know if you 
are your own personal savior in your own the main character of your story then there's no need for the gospel so why would you um be amazed by why would you be completely in service to it if you can take care of yourself on your own um and you know there's a psychologist named david elkner who talks about um in when he's talking about the invincibility complex he talks about this um concept of your own personal fable um, and it's basically where people create their own little um, imaginary stories and fantasies where they're the hero. Um, and, you know, relates right back to your definition, the, the subconscious egocentric thought process. You're the immortal hero of your own life story. Right. Um, and in that personal fable is what David Elkner calls it. Um, in that personal fable, if you're the hero, then... What need is there for God? Right. And that is, you know, like you said, one of the biggest dangers um, that you could have because it really is suffocating to that relationship because it takes out all of the dependence that we were created to have right. in him. Right. And it's interesting that you say that because, you know, a future topic I want this podcast to discuss is our society has become dependent on independency. And it's horribly ironic, but that's mm-hmm. for a later time. But I've, I'm thankful that this is being discussed in the world of psychology. And it's not just like this thing Christians think everyone has. Yeah. Like this is a real thing. Oh, yeah. And Because, I mean, there are so many other psychological implications. Because if you think about if you're just solely relying on yourself and not on anything outside of yourself, it really can lead to depression and anxiety. And those are things that the secular world struggles with just as much as anyone in the Christian world would. Exactly. Um, and that relates right back to this invincibility complex. It feeds that, if anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, th- like, we think w- we have everything we need. Mm-hmm. We think we've arrived at perfection. And we know deep down that we're not perfect, but it's 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 not that since we have this invincibility complex, the need for a savior is done away with. Mm-hmm. It's that we've become so ignorant and arrogant to the knowledge that we really do need a savior. It's this desire we have in all of us that when we have this complex, it's not that the desire just goes away, but we just ignore the desire. Mm-hmm. And we try filling it with ourselves, mm-hmm. realizing, you know, once you do realize that you're not going to fill that void, you, f- I think you really come to terms with, okay, this void is for my savior. You know, there's yeah. only one person who could complete a human being. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people look for it in friendship, in careers, in their spouse, mm-hmm. in, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's it's just not going to work. Yeah. So um, back to the kind of the theological side of this, the biblical mm-hmm. side of it. I want to talk about um, Paul. And I think Paul came to terms with the invincibility complex long before we realized it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But there's this, there's a very familiar passage that most people, Christian people, even maybe secular people, are familiar with in 2 Corinthians 12. And Paul is talking about, he's asking God to remove this thorn in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think 
we for sure know what that thorn was. I think some people think it was blindness. Some people think it was something else. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Um, But he asked him three different times for it to be removed. And the response that is that we are given in scripture is it really fixes all problems and it humbles all pride out of us yeah when we truly grasp what's being said here so um starting in verse number eight in second corinthians 12 paul says three times i pleaded with the lord about this that it should leave me but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness And, you know, we are talking about the only way this complex is diminished and one day done away with is through the grace of Christ. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that is sufficient is that grace. And, you know, whatever trial we're going through, whatever affliction we may currently be in, at the end of the day, God's grace is sufficient. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's interesting that you bring up that verse because I think that verse is probably the biggest enemy to this complex. Exactly. I mean, the narcissistic person reads that and and bristles right. uh, significantly because um, that idea of weakness being power. Mm-hmm. Um, because really, you know, to someone who is uh, trying to maintain a personal fable of self-sustenance, that um, that's terrifying. To The thought of weakness is terrifying. Right, and them. it's very paradoxical. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see the words on paper, you're like, that makes no that, sense. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, yeah. But it's in verse 10... What Paul replies to this is kind of even more... Oh, I'm sorry. This is still verse Mm 9. But it goes on to say, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Mm -hmm. So not only is this idea of weakness being strength paradoxical, Mm -hmm. but Paul says, okay, I'm going to boast in this weakness. Yeah. I'm going to boast in the fact I am not enough. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is so radical, so anti-cultural to what we're being taught Mm -hmm. and, you know, shoved in our faces constantly with everything around us. But, you know, Christ was always radical. He was always paradoxical to what everyone was thinking. And, you know, upon further examination, it's not paradoxical to the point of not understanding. Yeah. It's to the point of realizing okay you're not enough that's what this whole bible is about you know you're not enough christ is enough and you know a lot of people read scripture putting themselves in everything in scripture Mm -hmm. when you know really at the end of the day it's only about one person and Mm -hmm. that's the son of god so Mm -hmm. i mean yeah and i think also i think paul had figured out uh what we were talking about earlier when you mentioned um people trying to pick all these things that could fill that void within themselves right um and because he talks about it in philippians when he gives this whole resume of you know if anybody has any reason to boast in themselves it would have been 
Paul mm-hmm. um, with with the resume that he had. And he goes through in Philippians 3, he gives the whole list of all the things that um, he could be boasting in. But he says, you know, I count all of that as lost for the sake of Christ. Right. Um, because he realized that at the end of the day, it meant nothing. And yeah. that it really would leave him empty if he put all of his stock in those things. Mm-hmm. There's a, as you were saying that, it made me think of a song um, by this group named Beautiful Eulogy. I don't remember what song it is, but the lyric goes, talking about Christ, it says, Mm -hmm. if I have you, I can lose everything and still consider it gain. And they're obviously deriving that from... Yeah, from the verse of Philippians. Right, Uh But it's just, I think the more and more we meditate on that and we grasp that idea, Mm -hmm. that's when we can truly boast in our weakness and understand, okay, his grace is sufficient. I'm not sufficient. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's a freeing thing as Absolutely. well. Because uh, when you think about being controlled by this invincibility complex, being controlled by your need to control, um, it's exhausting. But when you can come to the realization that none of the things that you try to uphold, none of them matter, then you can let go. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, let God have the final authority in your life. Um, and one of the quotes that... Um, we that I came across in when we were taking notes that I think related really well to this, especially when it comes to the spiritual dangers, um, was by an editor at Desiring God, and he said, "Pride reigns only where the cross has been forgotten or distorted. Pride cannot breathe Golgotha's air," and I think that's a really great illustration yeah. of just how how detrimental this can be mm-hmm. to your walk with the Lord, right. um, and how if you can get out from underneath the thumb of the invincibility complex, it can free you up to have um, such a more intimate relationship with your creator because you understand that he holds all things together, not you. Right. And it's this root sin of pride. It's not evident. It's not like... Mm -mm. It's something that sneaks into all of us, even Christians. And it's not like, okay, once you get out from under this, you're good. Mm-hmm. It's like it's constantly trying to take control and mm-hmm. it's constantly trying to boast yourself up instead of humbling yourself and boasting in Christ or boasting in your weakness that the power of Christ may be mm-hmm. shown. So um, I think a freeing thing is is that we can, we can realize we don't have to put on this cape of I got this or, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm enough in myself to do this. But the biblical truth is that you cannot strengthen yourself. Only Christ can do that. And I think as long as we meditate on that, that's how we get out and leave this, the invincibility complex behind. Mm -hmm. So, but, um, well, I think we talked about everything we talked about. Do you have anything for the people listening at home? Uh, not really, except that, um, you know, when it comes to these issues of pride and arrogance, I think lots of people think that the solution is almost just self-degradation um, yeah. to just put themselves down. And, right. um, you know, one of the um, quotes, I'm sure you've heard it, that I love is that humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Um, ah. And the solution to 
um, this invincibility complex and, and all its dangers is really just not focusing on yourself so right. much. And like you said, not uh, reading scripture for what scripture is about, which is the Lord and bringing your focus to serving him mm-hmm. and the finding the freedom and security in that rather than trying to find security and um, and self-sustenance, you know, just in, in the things within yourself. Right. So I think that's great. And mm-hmm. it's not thinking of yourself less, but thinking, thinking realistically about who you are and realizing you are not enough and you're not mm-hmm. sufficient in yourself. Yeah. So I think that's important to realize. So mm-hmm. that's the end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. This has been Keeg's Cast, and I am your host, Keegan Richardson.